Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Love me some Easter, and it's not just because I like Krispy Kreme donuts in the parking lot either. Uh, I love me some Easter, and so welcome. We are so glad you're here. My name's Adrian, and I have the privilege of getting to serve as the lead pastor here, and we are privileged that you would join us uh, for the greatest day in human history. Uh, I wonder uh, what is the greatest feeling in the world? I wonder what you would define. I wonder how you would answer that question. The greatest feeling in the world. There's no way to really measure that, is there? But sometimes people use that. I was reading uh, a few articles this week that use that phrase, a man who was falsely uh, accused, wrongly convicted, and after 30 years had his sentences wiped clean. He described it as the best feeling in the world. What about uh, the person uh, journeying through cancer, through treatment after treatment, and they hear the words cancer-free? They describe it as the greatest feeling in the world. Well, I I don't know what really is the greatest feeling in the world, but you can make a case today uh, that the feeling that comes with new life is right up there is right up there. Uh, you have experience with new life, whether it's, it's a new baby, right? Or something new growing in your garden, or yes, even a cure somewhere in your life you've experienced. You can relate to the feeling of new life. Just think about those words with me today, new life. Two words that are powerful, right? That are powerful. In the disciples of Jesus, the year was 33 AD in the city of Jerusalem, and the disciples of Jesus understood very clearly what new life was all about. Let's take a look. Peter, Peter, everyone, the tomb is open. He's alive. That's not possible. I saw him. Mary, maybe it was someone else. You think I'm mad? Peter, see the tomb for yourself. Now, do you believe me? But he's gone. Gone? Now. He's back. He's back, right? Back from the dead. New life. New life. That's why we've gathered here, April 17th, 2022. It's the reason we're here. It's not really for donuts. It is because we're here to celebrate new life, new life. I'm going to invite you to turn with me to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, if you have your copy of scripture. Uh, if you're a version Bible user on your phone, we have an event set up there. You can just uh, look up our church and you'll find the event there with some other notes that you can follow along with today. 
Um, but if you don't have a copy of scripture, it will be on the screen behind me. But we're going to be in, in John's gospel. We're going to read John's account of what you just saw, at least what happened right before what you just saw uh, at the empty tomb. New life on this day, resurrection day. Uh, and so we're going to be in John 20, starting at verse 11. It begins this way. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. I want you to imagine that, right? Imagine before we keep reading, uh, this is her Lord, her Savior, her friend, someone she had followed uh, through his entire ministry, his life, and and she's seen him suffer and die on a cross and, and, and buried in a tomb, and she's crushed. It says, as she wept, as she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? Well, they've taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they've put him. At this, at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was him. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, sir, If you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Now, it doesn't say that her heart skipped a beat, but I can imagine that's what new life does, doesn't it? I imagine her heart skipped a beat in that moment. What does it say? As it continues on, she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and to your God. And so Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them he had said these things to her. Would you pray with me this morning? Would you bow your heads and pray? God, we've gathered here uh, for new life. (laughs) You're the reason. Uh, more than any tradition, more than any of the fun things that come with this day. Today is ultimately about the new life, the story of resurrection. And so we thank you. We pray on this day, on this day, that you would open our eyes and you would open our ears and you would open our minds to receive your words and your truth that we desperately need. Each of us in this room today desperately need your truth today. So would you come and would you speak to us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a picture on the screen of my family, and I love these guys. I love these guys. This is my crew. Uh, So Lauren there on the right, uh, my my best friend, the privilege of being married now almost 17 years, almost 17 years that we've been married and our four awesome kiddos. And when I think of new life, I think of, I think of, of my kids. I think of my kids. I remember with Reese and Camden and Jackson, holding them in my arms for the first time. I remember the moment right before I knew I'm about to meet them and just being overcome. Lauren was overcome with some stuff, let me tell you, but I was overcome with emotion, right? Like I'm gonna meet, I'm gonna meet my boy. I'm gonna meet my girl for the very first time and holding them in my arms. I'm telling you, greatest feeling in the world, right? New life, new life. But there's another story of new life in our family too. And that's glory because see, glory came home when she was 18 months and I remember the first time I got to hold her because it took a while. She only wanted Lauren and nobody could blame her, right? Uh, But she didn't want me to hold her, right? But I remember what makes Glory's story so beautiful for us is I remember moments in our journey where the dream of her being our daughter seemed dead. 
It seemed like it would never be a reality, but yet, here she is. And that sweet giggle and the joy that she brings, it's a real constant reminder to me. New life. New life. The greatest feeling in the world. Why do I tell you that? I tell you that to tell you this, that Resurrection Sunday, today, Easter Sunday, is the greatest day in human history because it is the source of new life for all. Every single one of you here today, today is the source of new life for you and for me. Here's one thing, here's one thing that I'm confident. Listen, I don't know every, there's a lot of things I don't know, okay? But here's one thing I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt today that we all need new life. You need new life. I need new life. After all that we've been through in our world, all that's happening around us even now, it is today, right? Today is the first Easter after a global pandemic. And I look, that hasn't happened in like a hundred years. So if nothing else, new life has to mean more today than it ever has in our lifetime, doesn't it? I was asking uh, some friends, some people in my life, just thinking about the past couple years of, of just chaos and disruption that we've all felt in different ways. I was asking them to give me a word to describe how you're feeling about life and what's happening in our world right now. And I just said, be honest. And, and the first person I asked just said, I feel overwhelmed. I wonder what your answer would be. They said overwhelmed. Just by, by the thought of what's happening today, the thought of the future, I just feel overwhelmed. I asked another friend and they said, if I'm being honest, I just feel anxious all the time. I feel anxious. I can't even always describe why. I just, this constant feeling of anxiety just beneath the surface. Another, one of my friends just said, I feel uncertain. I feel uncertain. Another friend said, confused. Confused. And still another friend just honestly said, you know, sometimes I just feel numb. I feel numb. What would you say today? What would you say, how would you describe the last couple years of your life, the season that you've been in, the circumstances, maybe they're unique to you, maybe they're circumstances that we've all been facing together. But when you look at this list of words, it's not very encouraging, is it? It doesn't inspire much hope, does it? I know it doesn't for me. But seeing these words might be hard, but the truth is because of today, because of Easter Sunday, you can have new life. No matter what word you would use to describe your present tense reality, you can experience something new. And my job today, my job today is to help bring you that promise. So if you think that's impossible, if you think the word on the screen, you think, you know, that's about, let me tell you my words, right? If you think New life for you is impossible today. I want you to consider the story of Mary. Consider Mary this morning with me. We don't know a lot about Mary before she met Christ. We don't, but the one thing we do know, we know, uh, we see her in the gospel stories. We see a specific instance where she has been possessed by demons. Now, I, that's, I've been through some stuff, man. I haven't been through that. Seven demons, we're told, were living inside her. Talk about hopeless Talk about feeling overwhelmed and anxious. That, that's her story, right? But, but we know that Mary encountered Christ in such a powerful way that she was set free from that, but then also she was transformed. How do we know that? Because throughout the story, throughout the gospels, if you were to read the gospel story, she keeps showing up. She keeps showing up. It's, it's Jesus and the disciples. And then every now and then you hear about Mary and not just Mary, the mother of Jesus, but Mary Magdalene. She's there constantly. 
as Jesus is doing miracles, as he's teaching, she's there. She, she was following Christ because her life had been so transformed. We see her there on Good Friday, the night Jesus was crucified. The disciples ran for their lives, right? They disowned him. They denied him. But Mary is there standing by the mother of Jesus as he's crucified on a cross. So we know that her life was radically transformed by Christ. This is Mary, a past filled with shame, right? A past that's a little bit messy. You've heard of someone dealing with their demons. Well, that's Mary, quite literally. But Mary's story is powerful. Why? Because I think we can all see ourselves in her. Because every single one of us has something in our past that's a little bit messy, isn't it? Something in our past that we think disqualifies us. Here's the problem. See, some of us think that yesterday's mess disqualifies us from the hope for tomorrow. We think that the the mess of our past discounts us, disqualifies us from the hope of the future. At best, we think we better just suffer through it. Fake it because we'll never make it. That's some of us how we would describe the reality of our lives because of the circumstances that we're facing. But that's, that's a lie. That's a lie. And Mary's story is encouraging. Why? Because consider this. She is the first eyewitness to the resurrected Jesus. Think about this. The greatest moment in human history the son of God suffering on a cross and being raised to new life. And who is the first one to witness the resurrected Jesus? Well, it's it's Mary, this woman whose past should disqualify her, right? This woman whose past was a little bit messy, but yet she is the one. She is the one who becomes the first eyewitness. She became the first real evangelist in the history of the church. Think about that this morning. Look at this story with me one more time uh, there in John 20. I want to just look at a couple verses again with you. She comes to the tomb and she's heartbroken. She's crushed. And she sees the empty tomb, but she doesn't think that resurrection has happened. No, she, she just thinks the body has been stolen. Her heart won't even allow her to consider the thought of new life. But look again with me. It's in verse 14. Uh, it says this, so, so at this, she, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was him. So we asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And so again, thinking he was a gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. And then I just, I want you to see this. I don't want you to miss John 20, verse 16. It's so simple, but it says that Jesus said to her, Mary. Jesus calls her by name. I wrote this down. I think this is powerful. The resurrected Jesus is calling her by name. And and, and get this. Jesus doesn't reveal himself to Mary by telling him who he was, but by telling her who she was to him. Mary. Mary. Imagine today Jesus speaking your name. In a room like this, Jesus looking at you, and calling you by name, Scott. Calling you by name, Cecil. Calling you by name, Josh. In a crowd full of people, he looks and he sees you and he calls you by name. Like there's no one else looking at you in the eyes despite your past, despite the ways that you have failed, despite the messy things in your story, you wouldn't really want anyone else to know 
calling you by name, entering into your story, because look, we all have a story, don't we? And our stories are filled with joy and pain, with laughter and tears. Your story is filled with moments where where death, the shadows of death are all around you. But the idea of new life is the reality that Jesus wants to enter into your story and change your story from death into life. That's exactly what happened to a man named Michael Jeffrey Joyner. Take a look at his story. It's a pretty phenomenal feeling. On stage, and I tell this joke, and all these people laugh, like 400 people. They wanted me to get him a two weeks notice. I was like, your boss, two weeks from now, you're gonna notice I ain't been here in two weeks. Strangers, black people, white people, women, kids, I have them all laugh. My son looks at me out of nowhere, and he just said to me, Dad, I want to be a doctor. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Then he said, or a dinosaur. I understood. This is what I'm going to do. My name is Michael Jr. I'm going to do some jokes. But they're not going to start right away. As I started pursuing doing comedy, I'm having some success in the Midwest, and I feel like I need to test my skills in New York City. Because in New York, if you're not funny, the way they let you know is they say something like, you're not funny. So I moved to New York. So now I'm in New York, and I'm all about seeing what I can do to get my comedy career going. And the clubs in New York are really hard to get into. I finally got my chance to perform, and right before I go on stage, this comedian named George Wallace walks in. Now, George Wallace, I love him. Here's the problem, though. When someone like George Wallace walks in, whoever's next automatically gets bumped. The manager's walking over, and he says, Michael, listen, George Wallace is here. Would you like to go on before him or after him? I'm going before George Wallace. I do my comedy set, and I've got New Yorkers laughing. And then George Wallace starts to laugh. And then he comes over to me, and he says to me, you know, you're really funny. And he invites me to do a show with him and his best friend. I get to the club, and he tells me his best friend is Jerry Seinfeld. So here I am. I'm about to hit the stage with George Wallace and Jerry Seinfeld. My uncle was really cheap. And he was cheap. He bought me an action figure, right? That's what he said it was. I opened up the box and it's empty. He talked about, that's Invisible Man. (laughs) I played with it for like two weeks, man. And I lost it. (laughs) I do two shows and I get two standing ovations. I'll rip. Things are starting to happen for me in New York. There is still a sense of there has to be more. I'm funny. I can make a room of a thousand people laugh. And then what? Am I only here to to make people laugh? We go on in our pleasures, thinking they're going to last forever. 
they don't. I really thought that I was a good person. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't do any of those things. And it gave me a false sense of, of me being okay. The truth is, is I was just as lost as the person who was using drugs every day. I had tried so many things the way that I wanted to do it, I knew there had to be a better way. I walk into this church, and this guy's up on stage, and he's talking about Jesus. That's it. He's <laughs> just talking about Jesus. He's not screaming. He's not angry. He's not yelling. He don't got no perm. He don't got no towel. He, he just, he's just talking about this guy named Jesus in a way that I can understand. Life was bigger than just me. It's so not just about me and what I can get. So I told myself I'd read the whole Bible. And I remember getting to the part in Matthew where it explained that Jesus died for me. I am 27 years old at this point. I didn't know. I didn't know. I started realizing how lost I really was. So I just simply said to God, I'm sorry, I messed up. And I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And when I did that, this peace came over me that I'm not gonna even try to explain it to you. I, I didn't know where I would be the next day, but I knew what I was going to be aiming for. I was gonna be aiming for whatever Jesus wanted me to do. That's really the only thing that, that mattered. See, new life uh, isn't mysterious or complicated. It really looks, it looks like that. Do you know today, do you know today how much you are loved? Maybe like, like Michael, he was 27 years old and nobody ever told him that. He didn't know. Maybe today for you, love has always felt like something you have to earn and you just, you're never good enough. Maybe for you, love has always felt like, like relationships have just always been complicated and your past is just littered with people that have let you down. So for you, it's just impossible to believe someone could really love you. Maybe it's been such a performance for you having to live up to expectations that it's exhausting and for you, the thought of someone really loving you for, for you, not for what you can do or what you can produce or some facade that you have to keep up, but it's, it's true. The story of Easter is that God loves you so much. And look, like we should say those words. Some of us, one of the greatest things we could do right now in our life is learn to say those words better, more often to people that we love. I love you. Those are powerful words. But you know what's most powerful about this is God didn't just say that about you. He showed it. He didn't just say, I love you. He demonstrated it. He showed what love is. Because the truth is you and I, uh, we're sinners. That's the truth. Is because of sin in our lives, we were separated from God. We could never be righteous enough. We could never be good enough to earn his love. We were sinners. 
And this is what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2. It says that you, you, and that, that means you, 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 me, me, we were dead in sin. Today, look around you. You're surrounded by a room full of people that were once dead because of sin. Hopeless on our own. Nothing we could do to save ourselves. Nothing that we could produce or earn or achieve to get there no matter how hard we tried. We were dead in sin. That's what the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2. And here's the truth of the gospel. Here's the truth of Easter is that God loved you enough not to just say, hey, I'm up here in heaven and I created you and I love you. No, no. He loved you enough that he didn't want you to be an enemy. He didn't want you to be far from him. He, he wanted you to be in right relationship with him. So he sent his son, his only son, to die a criminal's death, a death he didn't earn, a death he didn't deserve, the punishment for sin that we deserved. This is what it says in Romans chapter five, God demonstrates his love, right? God showed his love in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Can I be honest with you today? I don't totally understand that. I don't understand how a God would love me that much. Can I be honest with you today? I, I don't think I could do that. You saw the pictures of my kids on the screen. I don't know how I would give my son in the place for someone else's sin. I couldn't do that. But God did. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves me. God didn't want anything, listen, anything. It doesn't matter what your anything is. He didn't want anything to separate you from him. So he sent Jesus. And you know the beautiful thing about today, today he calls your name. We read in John chapter 20, the resurrected Jesus calling Mary's name, but today he calls your name. He knows you, he created you, and he loves, he loves you, and he calls you by name. He sees right where you are. He knows your story. You don't have to pretend. You might feel like you've got to pretend around everybody else, not him. You can't pretend. Nothing today has to separate you. Nothing, nothing has to separate you because he calls you today into new life. Because that Jesus, right, as he was nailed to a cross and he was left in the tomb, we know that on Easter Sunday, he resurrected, he rose to new life. That's why uh, some of you saw us as you came in today, there's a cross. And, and a cross, what does that represent? It represents death. It represents punishment. It represents shame. But today we decorate a cross with flowers. Why? Because to us now it's a symbol of victory, of new life, because that's what Christ has done for us. He transformed the death we deserved into life that we never could. So today he sees you and he knows you and he calls you into new life. The question is, how will you respond how will you respond the band is going to come and they're going to help us because we're going to conclude our time on this easter celebrating and responding and worshiping but here's what i believe on easter sunday here's what i believe i believe every single one of us must respond every single one of us must respond to the story that we've heard today i think i think easter requires that i think it compels us to respond every person here today so 
at the risk of putting you into groups, say, I believe there's three kinds of people, three groups of people that have gathered here today. And I, I know I don't know your story and I don't know everything about you, but I just believe today all of us, all of us kind of fit into three areas today. There are some of you today who are desperate for this story to be real. You're so desperate for this to not just be some past tense thing, some religious ritual, that this is a story that can be alive and true in your life. You're so desperate for new life today. And you know it, and you feel it, and and, and you're desperate for the new life that only comes in Christ. That's group number one. There's another group today that maybe you're in relationship with Christ. Maybe you know the truth, but today there's something dead in your life. There's an area, a relationship, some brokenness, an addiction, something in your life, and it's dead today, and it's broken. But, but today, in faith, you believe that the God who does resurrection, he is resurrection, that he can bring new life even to that. And there's a third group today. As far as you know, there's nothing separating you between God, and you're here, and, and you're going to worship, and you're going to praise, and you're going to make sure on this Easter this Easter 2022, that you're going to celebrate resurrection like never before. And in just a minute, we're all going to get to respond. Every single group, no matter which one you find yourself in, we all will get the chance to respond. And so I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes uh, with me. Why do we do that? We do that sometimes. Uh, It's not because you can pray with your eyes open. You can talk to God anytime. He hears you. But on a, a day like today, I just want to remove distractions. Because as good as Easter is, there's still distraction. So if you would, for just a minute, would you just close your eyes with me? Would you just join me in removing distraction today? Today, um, if you are desperate for new life, if you find yourself in one of those first two groups, maybe you've never trusted in Jesus to be your savior. Maybe like Michael Sawyer, you never knew. You never knew a God could love you like that. I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer with me. Would you pray it now? Just quietly in your hearts, but in faith. Jesus said, all you need is a mustard seed of faith. That's a tiny little, so if you can have that much faith, So if that's you today, would you just join me in praying in your heart? Join me in praying. Uh, Jesus, today I receive you as my savior. I confess my sin. I admit on my own, I am hopeless. I cannot do it. But I don't put my faith and trust in myself. I put my faith and trust in you, in the work that you did for me on the cross, giving your life, laying down your life, so that I could experience new life. And so today I trade, I trade the junk of my past, the pain of my past for the new life in Christ. I believe and receive now your free gift of salvation. For others here in group number two, uh, would you join me in this prayer? God, today, some of us, we are holding on to something and it hurts and it's hard and it's broken and, and we can't fix it ourselves. In fact, It feels like death. It feels hopeless. It feels like too much. But today we surrender. We open our hands and open our hearts and say, God, would you take this, whatever it is, whatever feels broken, 
Would you take it? Because I believe that the resurrection story is a story of new life. And I believe today you wanna do something new in me right now, today. Something I can't do on my own, but only you can. And so I trust you with my hurt. I trust you with my brokenness. I trust you with my pain. Would you come? Would you do something new in me? I pray this in faith, in Jesus' name. You can open your eyes. Uh, We're gonna celebrate in just a minute. We're gonna celebrate in just a minute, but we're gonna continue to respond. Uh, Some of you, as this song is sung, maybe you're in that first group or that second group and you prayed for new life today. Maybe you wanna come forward to an altar and pray. There's gonna be some that are coming and and you're welcome to do that. Some of you, you may just wanna kneel right there at your seat and just come before the Lord. He hears you and he sees you. And this is the perfect day to just lay it all out before him and say, God, I'm holding nothing back from you. And maybe if you're in group number three, you just, you're gonna let loose a little bit. And you're gonna not let anything hold you back from worshiping our God. This song that we're gonna sing now, it's gonna be new to you, but I wanna, I'm gonna share with you some of these words. This is a powerful resurrection song. Uh, th- these words I-, I love, it says this, these scarlet sins had a crimson cost. Jesus, you nailed my debt to the old rugged cross. An empty slate at an empty grave, thank God that the stone was rolled away. Today, we're gonna thank the Lord. We're gonna come before him and we're gonna respond. So maybe you wanna come forward as this song plays. Please do that. Maybe you wanna kneel right there at your seat. Please do that, but worship him, cry out to him. He's here. New life is in the room today. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.